Radio TRO is in search of sponsors. Sponsors get a detailed product mention at the beginning of every episode in our catalog. You can submit your own advertisement or we can read one for you. Visit email.tro.bike and contact us directly to learn more. Hey folks, Maggie Dean here, just reaching out to tell you about a couple of great tours we have coming up. One is for the newbies and the other for the seasoned curve carvers. If you're new to motorcycle touring, check out the LMCT, Lake Michigan Circle Tour, which takes place from Sunday, July 14th to Saturday, July 20th. It's a beginner-friendly scenic bike tour around Lake Michigan with all the planning and organizing done for you. It's ideal for couples, three-wheel riders, and small groups. It offers a balanced mix of fun curves, beautiful scenery, and rest stops. If you've always wanted to go on a small group motorcycle tour but have yet to do so, this tour is for you. And for all you rabid twisty travelers, check out TRO's Wisco Disco Tour. Based in Wisconsin, this tour is perfect for experienced riders visiting as much of the Driftless area as possible over three days. Our well-vetted routes are pre-planned, so just take the time off and join us. It's a great opportunity to ride in an intimate setting away from the solo digital world. Tiro's Wisco Disco Tour launches Wednesday, August 7th, and concludes Sunday, August 11th. Again, that's two tours approaching. Visit tiro.bike, mouse over events, and select group tours to learn more. I'm Brian Ringer. I'm Robin D. You're listening to Radio TRO. TRO, your sport touring motorbike fix. We're an ever-developing online venue for motorcycle enthusiasts who enjoy responsibly spirited riding along routes less traveled. The wizards of twistery, the magicians of mappery, and your guides to many mysterious Maisie Mary Miles. If you're a lean angle crackhead, we're your dealers. We're here with Eric Shropshire of Quadrant Motors, and this is a real treat for us because I tell you what, this is the kind of guy that you want to know if you're looking for something obscure and maybe a little bit difficult to track down, Eric might be able to help in all likelihood. He's the guy. So Eric wrote a fantastic article for TRO a while back on the modus. And while it's the one and only article I think he's written for us, it is a phenomenal write-up and just a really great read. I love your analogy about how the modus motorcycle is kind of like the 427 Corvette. Like it's always trying to kill you. Yeah, it was definitely like driving a car on two wheels. It was definitely a uh, one of the few bikes I've ridden where I was really afraid that it was going to get away from me. <laughs> and you've had quick bikes. And I've had quick bikes. This was a uh, this was a different kind of quickness. This was massive torque, which was not at all comfortable until you got kind of used to it. Definitely not linear power. Yeah, not an inline four. That's a V four, right? Yeah, it was a V for um they even described it as half of a Corvette engine, which I don't know what it was. Yeah. I know one guy that still has one and you know, he drives it gingerly. Mostly because I don't get parts for it anymore, but Yeah. Unobtainium, really. The people that have them, I'm not sure how they keep them running. I mean, the guy that I I know that owns one is a mechanic, so hopefully that'll help, but I'm not sure you get parts, which is kind of scary. So 
Let's talk about that because, okay, you started Quadrant when? 2018, right before the pandemic. Oh, perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> when you can really find all of the help you need to keep a business going. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely a hairy experience, but, uh, you know, we managed. Yeah. Tell us about the business a little bit. I know that, let's say I wanted to find the battery harness for a Vectrix. <laughs> what would you do if that's the kind of situation I'm on the hunt for? Or is that even how it works? Quite honestly, like I tell everybody else, a lot of it just has to do with Google searches and knowing how to search Google. But I mean, there are people that I know that I can call that have expertise on different kinds of things. You know, there's some motorcycle guys, you know, some motorcycle guys in California, no motorcycle guys here. Um, but uh, a lot of times obscure things are usually found with individuals that kind of have the experience. <laughs> I just typically try to call around first and see, hey, you know, you ever heard of this? And they'll say something like no or something else. Usually they refer you to somebody else. who typically refers you to somebody else and pretty sure you find it. So um, I think about 50% of the stuff I find is on Google, just knowing what search engine, what, what search tools to use. And then once you find it, you got to figure out whether it works. And that's a whole other thing. I uh, just sent back two parts yesterday that didn't work. It's a crapshoot, but it's fun. Yeah, I was thinking that uh, how many times have I gone to a website and searched that resource for the thing I'm looking for, not finding it on their website, then look it up in Google, and it links me to the product directly on their website at the top of Google. What typically happens with that, a lot of times what happens with that happens sometimes is that they say they don't have it, you go to Google, it says they don't have it, and you realize that Google is wrong, or they haven't updated something, or they didn't realize they had the part. Like, I talked to one guy about a month ago who swore he didn't have a part. I called back, talked to a different kind of guy. Oh, wait a minute, you didn't have that part, and he came back and had it. So the other guy, one guy knows, knows where it is, and the other guy doesn't know. So. <laughs> Top left pocket. It's, I've got it right here right. my plaid jacket. Oh, I left that at home. Yeah, but right. So yeah. Like, you got to keep calling until you find the right guy. <laughs> <laughs> How many times has that arrived, like landed you at the gates of a junkyard, or has that happened yet? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't go to a lot of junkyards anymore because there are – Sites on the webs that basically search junkyards for you. And so, so typically, uh, I know more sometimes than they know, but I've gone to the junkyard maybe three or four times and found what I'm looking for. But it's usually kind of a scary experience. You know, going to a junkyard is not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's gnarly, man. You know, dodging yeah. rats and dogs and shit like that. So. I was going to say. Turn left at the mangy beast. We don't know if it's a cat, dog, one or the other. We don't know. And a lot of times with the junkyard, you got to take the part off yourself. Yeah, yeah. And and if you call it, if you call a junkyard, the answer is always, well, well, yeah, sure, we've got that. And you show up, and half of half the car's gone, or half the bike's out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know, it's yeah. it's crapshoot, but it's way easier now than it used to be. I mean, my wife's father used to race cars, and you know, he was literally in the junkyard, like. Searching around with a you know, with a with some tools. So, um, for some reason, I pictured whoever runs the junkyard. They let you in, and then they hand you a tool. But then you see both of them slowly backing away while you're going towards the vehicle, and they're getting ready to run because they know what's under it. Exactly. Well, <laughs> you know, or they have no idea what it is. You know, they just basically, you know, you tell them you're looking for something, and they say like, "Wow, that's what that is." I don't know what that was. You know, that kind of. Did stuff. we disinfect that? 
You're right. <laughs> so uh, we're going to go this is like 2018. That's when we started. The business just kind of transformed a little bit, but we're still around. How so? Um, well, I mean, we, we, at first, I think we really tried, we were kind of flying by the seat of their pants and, you know, the pandemic kind of changed the business model a little bit. And um, I decided that I was going to carry more inventory than I wanted to, which almost killed us. So now we are back to basically finding specific things for people. It's still a big service, man. I mean, you're, you're basically a man in a chair for everybody. And motorcycles have become more important because for some reason we've been meeting more people who wanted motorcycles. Yeah. And we had some pretty obscure stuff for a while, so. You know, that, that goes around. We happen to specialize in that sort of thing here at Tiro.bike. <laughs> during, uh, during the whole pandemic thing, um, there was like the period where you couldn't go anywhere, couldn't do anything. And then people so slowly started to realize like, well, wait. Uh, if I am out riding a motorcycle, I don't have to get anywhere near another human being. So then suddenly, <laughs> suddenly everybody was riding. Everybody was, you know, motors, buying motorcycles. Uh, you couldn't get tires. I mean, it was just, you know, the, the, I, I remember, you know, there were darn near fist fights over oil. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, yeah, suddenly people were putting on miles. They're like, well, I can be by myself and antisocial and I can pee in the woods and I never have to come anywhere near a person. And so it's virologically safe. It still, you know, has its own dangers. But yeah, that there was a big bump there and it's still like motorcycle prices are still pretty wild. Things are big starting to come a little bit more full circle now but yeah it was crazy for a while i mean we had a couple of close ones <laughs> i mean literally we had a guy show up once i'm not kidding to buy a motorcycle with i think 15 grand in a paper bag wow he's in the back counting out 15 grand cash and i'm thinking to myself <laughs> Like, you know, <laughs> one jailhouse dollar at a time. Exactly. It's like, I didn't ask a lot of questions. You know, it was one of those kind of transactions where I put the buyers all together. Uh, we had the bike stored for him. And these guys were literally in the back counting out cash out of a paper bag. And I was just thinking like, <laughs> please get the hell out of here. Please. Please take the bike. Yeah. Bring my money. Take the bike and get out, please. Helicopter <laughs> spotlights sold. I'm out. Yeah, but literally, it looked like a paper bag that an oil sandwich had been in. It was a nice paper bag. Which is messed up, because, <laughs> I mean, we had you on here, because, honestly, Eric's a class act, man. I mean, quadrantmotors.com, right? Yeah. Great site, great resourcing. Give us some obscure ones that you took you a minute to kind of think on, that you had to stew on for a bit. Any obscure bikes at all? Well, I don't know how obscure this is. We had a Ducati 999 for a while that was... Kind of like this demon seed that nobody wanted. Everybody wanted, but nobody, everybody was scared of because nobody could <laughs> tell what had been done to it and where it had been. <laughs> um, I rode it a couple of times, and I was convinced that whoever got it was going to burn it, kill themselves. So that bike finally came, went away. Uh, we had a Moto Guzzi for a while. Okay. Moto Guzzi, California, which, if you know anything about Moto Guzzi in California, Californians came in many different trims and i'm looking that up now and he wanted a specific he wanted a black one we had a guy that gave us a 
70s vintage K100 BMW. Oh, wow. Is that the flying brick? Yeah, that was a cool bike. Um, and that one, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> we had a guy show up with this old BMW R90 uh, that, that was original. Like, the guy had... I think, I don't know, some old guy, I don't know whether, I couldn't tell whether he had bought it new or inherited it, but literally nothing had been done to it. Wow, an R90 over six? Yeah, and it was just like running. Sunburst orange? <laughs> what, what was it? No, no, it was black. You know, it was an orange one. I mean, it was like, this bike was like 80s vintage. And so that was an interesting thing where I was going to say, you know, you should go take it over here. And I don't know what happened to the bike, but it was strange. It was around for a while. Do you have a brick-and-mortar location that people can access? I had a brick-and-mortar location, uh, and I have a brick-and-mortar. What I'm doing now is I co-located into a repair shop. Sure. Um, and so I have an office in this repair shop now. Uh, I had a brick-and-mortar location for a long time, and um, that became – it was just there was, was just a little bit too much. I mean, I love the location. I love having space, but it was just too much, so – now that we're doing more location stuff, we don't need that kind of space anymore. So I mean, I'm located in a German re repair shop. He repairs mostly German cars. Uh, he has a BMW bike. Uh, you know, we fixed a couple of little weird stuff, old Triumphs, a couple of old Harleys. Just find the thing about the guy that was counting out the 15 grand for this bike in the back. <laughs> this guy? The guy had never ridden the motorcycle before. Oh, no. Oh, no. And he was going to ride home on this modified Harley. You ever seen those Harleys with the with the big front wheels and the air suspensions and the bags? You know, there's a certain oh, yeah. kind. Yeah. But it was one of those kind of custom bikes, and he That's actually perfect. got a thing. And the guy who sold him the bike was going to teach him how to ride in my parking lot. And I was <laughs> telling him, no, you have to go across the street because I don't have insurance for that. So. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's, yeah, anyway, was, bleed on, yeah, don't bleed on my parking lot, please. Yeah. Unreal how many oh, people man. try to do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's kind of, uh, kind of what we've been doing lately. We've got a couple of builders we're starting to work with. It's a builder from Wisconsin that does some cool shit. Like building bikes. Basically, he builds bikes from old Honda 750s, usually 754s, 354s, 550s, 554s, Triumphs. Wait a minute. What's this guy's name? Never Ending Cycles. Yeah, the guy of Never Ending Cycles is a pretty interesting guy. He's uh, got a nice shop up in uh, right outside Milwaukee, and uh, he builds a lot of custom bikes, literally out of old, you know, older vintage bikes. He was working on a BMW, but a lot of Honda 754s and things like that. He turns them into like cafe racing just like. Okay. Is he the kind of guy that's hacking into a perfectly good bike, or is he just... No, he finds bikes that are... He finds, he finds donor bikes, typically. Either somebody will give him a bike, or he'll find a wrecked bike and say, I can turn this into something for you. But he's not taking apart stuff that's, that's, that's nice and, not, you know, if he, he finds a vintage one that's running, he doesn't, like, mess with that, you know? Well, this is all very cool. And now we know the, the website is quadrantmotors.com. If anybody wants to go check that out, trust me. If you need somebody to just be at the gates of whatever it is you're looking for... Eric might be able to help you out. So make sure to reach out and email him through the contact page and throw a couple of bags of money at him. And paper bags. Make sure you take the sandwiches out first. At least I will talk to him. Yes.
And, and what I tell people all the time is, I don't mind calling calling before you do something stupid. Like, <laughs> learn happy to talk about before, before you do anything stupid. With that, Eric's our third, he's our guest host for this episode. I'm saying, Brian, shut me up, take the reins. What do you want to do, Brian? And how do you want to get Eric involved? <laughs> we haven't really covered this before, but like one, uh, there, there's a lot of topics to think about. Like if people are selling a bike or buying a bike, you know, what are some of the, you know, what are some of the dumb mistakes to avoid? Like one example is people will, they'll add up what every Farkle or modification they did and then they think it's worth that. And it's kind of like, that's, you know, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) First thing is, like you said, the bike is worth what the bike is worth. You know, it's worth paying extra for those, but the resale value of the bike is never worth any more than the bike itself. Never buy a crotch rocket unless you take the fairing off. <laughs> There's all kinds of crazy crap <laughs> that can be hidden by a fairing. You know, people will say, I never dropped the bike. And you take the fairing off and there's, you know, scrape marks down the side of the engine or the frame. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. And I, I know it's hard to do sometimes, but you don't have to take the front fairing off, but you got to take the sides off and just look at the frame and make sure that it's, it is what they're, yeah. they're telling you to do. Because unfortunately, there's no car for bikes. You can't really check whether a bike's been hit or an accident. The only way you can check is if, you know, if the bike has a salvage title, obviously something was up, but. Other than that, the bike is kind of hidden. So, you know, I would just make sure that, you know, you, um, and the, you know, the, the, the biggest thing was that you'd be surprised how many people will buy a bike without riding it. <laughs> yeah. You can't buy a bike unless you re- rode it. And if you don't want to ride the bike, then find somebody that knows how to ride the bike and have him ride it. Because by riding the bike, <laughs> you can tell all, all kinds of different things about the bike that you wouldn't necessarily know. But I've run into so many people that have bought a bike just because it looked good. And then they read it, wrote it. And then the other fourth thing I would say is that uh, bikes are very personal. And just because one guy has a Hayabusa and you want to look cool in the Hayabusa, that doesn't mean you can ride a Hayabusa. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. <laughs> and so Eric Tropshire, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Boosa, man. <laughs> You know, buy a bike that's like that speaks to you. Don't buy some shit that somebody else bike just because you want to look cool. Because you yeah. know, I mean, classic story with a bliss player that bought the thousand cc whatever he bought. You know, riding it down the fucking stream into his career, not even going twenty miles an hour because you know he's on a bike that he doesn't know anything about. Yeah, they're not jewelry. They're not. Uh, and you know, yeah. it's really a personal thing. So don't. Don't overbuy and don't underbuy. Don't buy something that's you got to go out really quick, and don't buy something that you can't control. And you can tell the bike. They can tell about buy a bike by just just looking at it. Tires are worn. Typically, it's been ridden really hard, and or it hasn't been taken care of. You know, if there's a lot of like, if it's not clean, if it's rusty, that kind of stuff. Just look at the bike, you know. But really, much harder to buy vintage bikes than it is newer bikes are typically a little easier. But vintage bikes. You know, you really got to take to somebody that knows what they're doing to basically understand what's happening. That's what I would say is biggest thing is don't buy stuff that you can't ride. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've I've bought bikes I haven't ridden a couple of times, but I kind of know what I'm doing. Well, you're but, different, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm different, I guess. But yeah, the- they're riding at me. We buy stuff like that, 
knowing full well that we might be getting into something we can't really get out of, but that's different. <laughs> well, one one way around that, um, and I've, I've actually done this one. I sold a bike to a guy that hadn't taken a class, didn't know how to ride yet. And, and he was open with me about it. He's like, I want to buy this bike and all this stuff. But I don't know anything about it. And I was like, okay, well, uh, you're not going to test ride it because you don't know what you're doing. And um, so I basically offered to demonstrate it for him. I said, here's what I'm going to demonstrate. So you're going to show up. I'm going to roll the bike out. It's cold. It's been sitting all night. And we're going to, you know, and I explained. And so basically I did the inspection he should have known how to do for him. Right. <laughs> kind. And then I and then he followed me in his car. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go on the highway. And I'm going to go shift through all the gears. I'm going to go real fast. And I'm going to slow down. And and that worked out really well. And and so normally when I sell a bike, I, I'm i reluctant about test rides unless it's somebody I know, which fortunately it usually is. <clears throat> but, yeah, I'll, but yeah, I'll demonstrate it for them. And, and I know it better than they do. But, you know, but if it's a stranger and you don't know who it is and it's somebody that doesn't have any kind of reputation, then yeah, you're kind of on your own. Um, yeah. But the other big thing I've seen is people like, Oh, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, bill of sale. I don't have a title easy to get, you know, and that, if it doesn't have the papers, it's not a motorcycle. It's just some parts, you know, <laughs> that's very true. And I mean, it's just, unfortunately for a lot of people, well, for us is that, you know, there's not a lot, like I said, there's not really Carfax for bikes. You know, there's not a really a way to, yeah. I mean, nobody cares. You know what I mean? And <laughs> it's very, very difficult to explain to people, like, you know, just because it looks good doesn't mean it is good. And there's all these different submodels and weird models and all this kind of other stuff. So uh, vintage bikes are typically mm -hmm. much harder to take care of than the older, I mean, newer bikes, obviously, because you got to have the guy that knows how to work on it. Or if you don't know how to work, <laughs> that becomes a whole other thing, you know. So, I've been that guy. You've been several yes. times for for vintage Suzuki's. Yes, and and I've said to people, don't buy this bike, and they buy it anyway. Yeah, well, people find well, it's, it's red. I like it. Yeah, classic story about that. Talking about vintage Suzuki's, there was a guy that called me, and I just assumed he knew what he had, but it turned out. He had bought a two-stroke Suzuki. I forgot which which model he had, and he was pouring gasoline in it. Oh no 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 no! Oh, and you know he just yeah. had no concept that you got to mix the fuel with the with the additive. And he's talking about what are you talking about? And I'm going like, well, <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff you're talking about. I mean, I've heard that kind of stuff before, where people just buy stuff and they have no idea what it is, and you know that kind of stuff. I had a guy show up in my driveway. Oh, I bought an I bought an old Suzuki. Can you look at it? Sure. And he shows up with a bunch of baskets, like milk crates. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> a guy showed up at the rally, and you guys built a bike out of a truck, didn't you? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's happened a couple times at the old at the vintage rallies. Now there are a couple times that's happened where someone like it's it's a perfectly respectful and respectable thing to do. You know, the guy says like, "Hey, I'm having trouble with this bike. I'm going to trailer it in." If you guys are bored, I'll buy you some beer, you know, look at it and so forth. And that's fine. And then we've also had the that guys that show up that, uh, um, like they show up, like they barely make it. Like they just, they push it into the parking lot and then go crack a beer and wait for somebody to fix their bike. Right. <laughs> it's like, no, that, that's a party foul. <laughs> but, but yeah, if you tell, don't, 
now, yeah, whatever you do, don't buy this bike. And the sure as yeah, hell, don't, don't buy it, it anyway. For, <laughs> for to buy this bike, and I'm explaining to them that this is kind of a, a weird bike, which is one of the reasons I tell people that took the fairing off. Because once I took the fairing off, you know, I can tell it had been dropped. It's always dropped by the by the previous owner. Right, though. exactly. It's never the current owner that dropped it. It's always the last guy, and it makes it right, better. Exactly. Right, exactly. Well, uh, <laughs> but uh, I took that bike down. 55 and i quickly realized that wow i am way too old for this yeah <laughs> lower back all the all the bones cracking <laughs> oh it was one of those things like you know i don't like this enough to potentially die you know what i mean i just <laughs> <laughs> looks great goodbye but you know uh, it was yeah. it was twitchy the only bike i ever drove i had a 2001 or 2000, the first year that Kawasaki just redesigned that 1000, their, their leader bike, which was probably the scariest motorcycle I'd ever ridden, literally. The ZZR or the ZX1000? They did a 1400 that was just stupefying. Well, that thing was at least controllable. This bike was not controllable. Uh, hold on, let me look it up real quick. I'll tell you exactly what this is since we have. While you're doing that, I remember you were talking about the, you know, the types of bikes and things like that. Or just meeting with people that have some junk. Here is the old Craigslist joke. Typical CL sports bike ad, GSXR CBR ZX for 4800 bucks in an abandoned apartment complex. Selling my sport bike. Too hot to ride as I don't own a shirt or a helmet. I went to fix it up but needed more travel tattoos. I'm white, so that makes sense. I know everything I know is several hundred dollars, including a bail bondsman due to poor life management skills. Never wrecked except one wreck. By wreck, I mean tipped over. By tipped over, I mean went through an F-150's windshield. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus. These ads exist. They're out there. I do remember that our article talks about what to do to prepare your bike for sale, which is if you wouldn't buy it, then it's not ready for the bill you're asking. Yeah. So it's like, you know, take the time to give it some love so it's actually worth it to the next guy down the line. Then so many people buy bikes just to basically thrash them around. I mean, leader bikes are famous for that. You know, everybody wants to, everybody wants to be cool and have the leader bike and you know be the badass and get women and all that kind of other stuff. But it's just, it's just <laughs> typically, a, it's just usually typically a recipe for disaster. I mean, how are you going to get women if you don't know how to ride the thing and look the fool? Man, you know? I have people show up to me all the time that want to bike bikes that don't even have licenses, like they have no motorcycle license. And don't know what a motorcycle license is. <laughs> and they're pissed off at me because I won't let them ride the bike. <laughs> yeah. I don't have the insurance. Yeah. No, no. And what, Yeah, no. Learn how to ride a bike. Take a course. I always tell people to learn either get somebody to train you or take the motorcycle course. And mm -hmm. at the very least. At the very least, take the course, you know. So, yeah. The bike I'm talking about was like a 2000, I think it was a 2003 or four. Kawasaki 10R. ZX10R. Very spicy. Yeah. That year, they redesigned the bike to be more like a race bike. So it was super lightweight. It had a you know, leader engine with a lot of horsepower. It was very simple. The reason you can't find one used is that they're all wrecked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they were so uncontrollable. They're great on the track. And, you know, you get it on the expressway, go on like 100 miles an hour is fine. But... Around town, you hit the if you hit the gas a little bit too much, you'd be in the back of a car, and you know, just a steep square of a rake angle on the front end. I'm looking at a racer right now on the same bike. 
So yeah, it was a scary bike, man. Look it up, man. If you see the images, the rake is just already slammed full up and down. Yeah, yeah. And they redesigned that bike two years later because they realized it was way too intense. And they said, yeah, it's a much better balanced bike. At least it doesn't pee on the carpet anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like to own it and maybe look at it. But yeah, actually climbing on the thing. Ron was a young guy. He could still ride crap like that, but not me. Yeah, that's me. 50 years old this year. I'm just a spry young devil. Yeah, man, you can do it, man. Come on. <laughs> Actually, I am on the hunt for a track weapon of sorts, but I want to build out. I got a friend that just got a SV650 that he's fiddling about. And I think after I got to ride uh, 636, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I could go for something raw that I don't have to worry about. If I'm protected, it's just a hunk of plastic with some broken bits that aren't going to come off or hurt anybody else. It's getting to be that time, but I'm going to have to store it up north because I don't do that kind of thing down here. Brian. Robin. Where do you want to steer this conversation next? I had a a story like um, if you go too far the other direction, like when I when I bought the bike, when I bought the last bike I bought, which was a uh, it's an FJ09 Yamaha, pretty middle of the road, sporty touring bike, you know, not not anything crazy. But anyway, uh, the guy who owned it was like 76 years old. And. Like we had to go through a whole job interview because <laughs> he wanted to review my writing resume and make sure because he was just like, I don't want to sell it to some old, some kid is just going to splatter himself. So he's willing to fire the customer. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, you got to give the guy credit. I mean, that's pretty intense. I mean, did you pass the test is the question. Uh, apparently I did. Yeah. But uh, he, uh, but yeah, I, 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 so we went through my resume and my, and my training credentials and <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't have to fax them anything notarized. But anyway, did you wear the suspenders? Oh, should have, should have. Yeah. Old seller, wear suspenders. Good idea, <laughs> man. You, could have, you probably wouldn't have had to pass the test if you looked the part. <laughs> Bring a pitchfork, rootin' tootin', I'm looking for gold. Yeah, he, he was, he was selling it pretty, he had a, it was, it was a really good price and, um. Part of that was the like the the tires were shagged and the chain was about done and it was due for the first valve check, you know, all that stuff. Right. And it was like it was I didn't care because it was February and I needed something to do uh for a few months. And uh but so yeah, I got a really good price on it. Immediately spent a bunch of money getting everything up to snuff and did the valve check the way I damn well wanted to do it and <laughs> had a have had a very happy couple of years with it. But uh great. I've had that a couple of times and I've had, uh, and when I sold a bike, I've had a guy like put me on the phone with he and his wife interviewing me about, you know, how well I've taken care of the bike. And I don't know. I don't like the way he's looking at the bike. I don't like the way he's looking at it. <laughs> like I had to make, like, uh, finally the guy's wife was like, well, I think this guy's, you know, he sounds like he knows what he's doing. And like, I actually won her over and he bought the bike and he, he lives in, yeah, uh, he lives in uh, Nebraska. And every so often I'll see him on an ADV rider, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm still riding it around. You know, I cleaned it up. Like I, I, when I sold it, it was just like, this is filthy. I, I don't know how to clean bikes. I'm, I know how to fix them. I know how to work. Well, on you them, actually but. did wash a bike recently. We have an episode that is proof of concept. The Brian yeah, Ringer. I did. Yeah. Washed a bike. <laughs> you were talking about like the personalization of it. I mean, have you, have you done much personalization of that bike yet? Who me? Um, not really. Well, a little bit. Like I, uh, one of the things I always do is I hate windshields. 
I don't know why. It's just me. I'm weird. But into bikes are individual. You know, you can't pick one out for somebody. So, like, I took the windshield off and kind of put the, some of the pieces back so it looks doesn't look like something's missing. Um, and FJ09s came with these, like, weird alien transformer handguards. <laughs> and those are all gone. So I took that stuff off. Yeah, it's like these plastic, like they, they wouldn't protect the bike or in any situation. Bikes got weird with the Transformers movies. All of a sudden, they all had to look like a robot with a face, and, you know, they got really odd. Yeah, well, you know, they're trying to look modern, man. They just don't show how things work. Well, okay, then let's talk about, there's two kinds of music, good and the other kind. Right, I understand. <laughs> okay, look at the Jixator. I am in love with this bike. Yeah, Maybe you haven't landed your point yet, but the point is that the Jixator just looks so beautiful, and I see what they're trying to do now. It's just that if people look for the headlights to be the eyes of the machine, they're in for a disappointing cycloptic effect when the actual eyes are those dark, cavernous, angry side panels that you see going on, and the, the gems are the headlight. You know what I mean? I think the overall point was Eric's, is that, uh, and it, there, there's a quote from um, um, uh, Patrick Egan, who's you know a writer who writes about motorcycles <laughs> blah 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 but he says i i know some men better than i than my own brother and and but i don't know anyone well enough to pick out a motorcycle for him right i mean mm. yeah there's i don't know anybody i could go out and say here's the bike you need um it's it's incredibly individual it was, yeah it's um, completely yeah i mean the things that speak to me are very weird sometimes. Like I'll write something like, oh yeah, I get this. You can get on something and just like it. And it doesn't really matter who understands it or who disagrees with you. If it works for you, it works mm -hmm. for you. And Well, right there, you need a keychain that just says, I don't know, fuck it. You want it or not? <laughs> I rode a bike about three months ago that I didn't think I would like it all, and I just fell in love with it. And I'm probably going to end up buying one because I'm stupid. What is it? It's a Harley Davidson Sports 2S. Wow. Oh uh, yeah, man. Wow. Robin, Robin didn't expect that. <laughs> I did not. I did not expect that. <laughs> so, what was that noise? <laughs> it's a Sportster 1200 Sport. Which is neither sport or stirrings of sport. It's not what it claims to be, Eric. It's a grandson of a V-Rod. Okay, that's cool. Look up the new sports duress and tell me you don't like that bike. It's a cool bike. It is a 1200. It has high exhaust. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is... I remember it being a freaking monkey fucker. No, this is a different bike. Is this a, is this have the Pan America engine? Yeah, it has a similar engine to the Pan America, but it's... Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, it's almost got a Fat Bob vibe to it. Okay. It was a joy to ride it. I really enjoyed it. It was, it was tractable. It was easy to ride. It was quick. It was, looks cool. I withdraw all of my previous statements. All of them. But I don't know. I just, it spoke to me. What can I say? It's got a, it's got a scrambler <laughs> exhaust. Yeah, though. I know. Mm-hmm. But I, I challenge... And everybody wants to badmouth Harley Davidson, and I understand it. I mean, they make some shitty bikes. I get it. Yeah, right. I understand that. Trust me, I, I'm one of those people. I've been one of those people for years. I would challenge you to go to a dealership and ride where they'll let you ride one of them because they're not selling any bikes anymore. So let you ride anything. So ride that and tell me that you don't like it. 
I'll do it. Eric, I will do it. I will do that, and I'll report back. Yeah. I think it's worth I mean, it. So I like the headlight, too. That it's it's Yeah, there's a lot of good ideas here. Yeah, That's something I can ride to Denver on, but it's a really cool bike. Great thing about Harley, they have a lot of R&D money. So yeah, they did do a good job on this one particular bike. I just thought it was really cool. You know, you know, so the question then becomes, if that's the case, do they know that? Do they know that they did a good job or are they going to move? Well, on to the next thing, victory for us. Well, I don't know how well it's selling. So, I mean, you know, I don't really know. I'm just telling you that of the things I've written in the last year, that's what I enjoyed. Now, I don't. You know, it's not what I probably should buy because, you know, I'm one of those traveler guys that wants the, you know, I'm the guy that went to Denver three times nonstop, but. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So that raises the question. What should you buy? Probably another sport touring bike, you know, something that's more long distance. You know, I would probably buy a used. Uh, Honda Pacific Coast. No, or the Pacific <laughs> Coast, man. Come on, give me a, give me a, give me a, give me a, give me a better, uh, give me a better uh, thing than that. Literally says Rubbermaid inside the luggage. Yeah, no, uh, a V-Strom with eighty thousand miles on it. Uh, there. <laughs> I had a friend who had a Pacific Coast, and, she, and they loved it, man. It's a great, you know. They just they are cool. I'm throwing random noise in the air just to see if anything sticks. No, 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 nothing like that. No, we're not doing that. Sorry, FJR. Uh, FJR is a great bike. Uh, it's not as good as the Kawasaki. The Concourse? The Concourse is a better bike to me. Ugly, but I think it's better. I just think it's a better bike. I mean, the FJR is tried and true, you know, blah, 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 you know. Uh, I'm getting to, <laughs> I'm getting to the age where, you know, go rings starting to look good, you know. Sure. I have not tested the 15 hours. I don't know if I can do it anymore, but I can try. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can send you the story of me riding the ZZR twelve hundred to Denver in the in the rainstorm with lightning. What did you do? The Lake Michigan Circle Tour in two days, right? Yeah, I did that. I did that in two days. Yeah, <laughs> which is a really great way to see the sights, Eric. Nice job, man. I didn't, I didn't care. I had a really cute girl in the back. I didn't give a shit. Oh yeah, you were seeing the sights. Well done, sir. <laughs> I don't really understand what I was thinking. At the time, I think I was into like marathoning, and I wanted to basically just keep riding, and so I did. I wasn't interested in stopping. Yeah, that's blood clot territory. Be careful. Yeah, that was a long time ago. I was back when I was stupid, but I did it. The Denver trips were a lot more intense. That was a basically an easier trip. The Denver trips were really kind of. I did the Denver trip once where my wife was following me in a car. Oh. <laughs> there were times where I was just cursing myself. You know, I can be in this warm crawl in the St. Ontario, relaxing. Instead, I'm on this fucking bike in the middle of Nebraska looking at nothing. Just getting blasted. It's just getting blasted, yeah. I, I'm just going to throw something in here. Um, I was I was on Honda's website. I was going to say something about the Goldwing. And uh, I noticed that the uh, the Fury is back. Whoa! Uh, I don't know if you remember the Honda Fury, the uh, the the kind of the chopper. <laughs> How could I forget the Honda Fury? Uh, front wheel six feet in front of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is one ugly ass bike. It's Thursday on the seat. Is it Friday at the wheel? What time zone is the front end in? You know what's funny about the Fury <laughs> is I like about the Honda side because I just went on it. The funny thing about it is you can actually build a custom one. Oh, oh wow! wow. <laughs> Which is kind of cool. <laughs> 
The loop road wing is kind of cool. I, I like that bike a lot. I drive road that. I liked it a lot. Well, if you're looking at that, why not the ST? Well, they don't make the ST anymore, do they? The ST has been discontinued. Yeah, that bike over discontinued. Yeah, like the new Goldwing. Like, I've not ridden one of those, but I'd really like to give it a try at some point. The top box and sportier one? That's yeah. a nice bike, man. I will say something about the ST. The ST is probably the finest traveling motorcycle ever built. Big ass gas tank, super smooth V4. Lot, but the problem with that bike is it's not exciting. The truth. It's reliable. And like people said, I have tested this, <laughs> unfortunately, because a friend of mine had one. You can, and you can, his bike fell over with no damage because of those little pucks on the side. Yeah. Is this friend of yours, is he like the bike? Because I've got a friend who bought that bike and he was meant for, he's, okay, he's not exciting, but he's reliable. <laughs> well, he's like that. But, you know, he still has that bike, still loves it, but. If you really want to twirl around the country, that's one of the best bikes to buy because it doesn't break a seven-gallon gas tank. It just rolls. It's it's perfect. I think it was an ST1100. It was the first bike I ever sat on that I felt like I was getting into it. Right. Like I was getting into a motorcycle. The the windscreen was so big. (laughs) but Yeah, and they're heavy. The bike is just not exciting. It doesn't really move you. But if you really want to travel and you don't care about if you're not one of these vain fuckers like you and you know, the rest of us are, it's the best bike to buy. <laughs> you know, it's, we all got into riding for a reason. The only bad part about that bike <laughs> is that it's hard to find rear tires for it because it's a 170 tire, not a 180, and it's a weird size. But other than that, the bike's great. I mean, that's the bike I probably should buy. I mean, I probably buy one cheap. What you need, obviously, is a is an H two uh, Kawasaki. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I haven't ridden that. That's, no that's what. That's obviously what you need. <laughs> yeah, the H two is uh, paging Kelly Howard. Yeah, you know, I got a buddy who's got one. Somebody sold it to him. Said there, nobody needs that much power. And he looked right at him. He's like, I don't need it. I want it. <laughs> I have not ridden that bike. I've talked to a couple people that have, and they tell me it's surprisingly easy to ride. It's not super explosive unless you get on it. It's not twitchy, in other words. I've ridden the bike. Mm-hmm. I've ridden the H2. And what did you say? What did you think? I will tell you that the throttle is smooth as butter, but if you ask it, it's going to give it to you immediately. I reversed the rotation of the planet for a split second there. It was a lot. <laughs> There's only two times I've been on a bike where I handed it back to the guy and said, nope. And that was one of them. Man, take your bike back. Because really? the other one was... Uh, <laughs> Turbo Busa. Another moment of like, yeah, this is just too much. I know myself well enough. Self-assess. Take the thing away from me. Busa speeds, man. <laughs> Busa speeds. Yeah, I have no desire to have it, but, you know, there are people out there that are crazy enough to buy it, so whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just get a helicopter. Screw the bike. Get a helicopter. I'm past the age where I'm, I need pissing rights anymore. It's not really what I want to do, but. Well, let's talk about that for a second. We have a thing happening in April down here in New Mexico. I think you should come down here and go for a ride with us. New Mexico, huh? Yes. I will do that. New Mexico, April 14th. These are the best roads I've ever personally enjoyed. I will have to find the appropriate motorcycle to bring down there, then, because that's that's the key. Yes, or rent yeah, one. Yeah, I don't rent. You know, I, I have this thing. I don't rent bikes. I don't like renting bikes. You know, the problem with renting bikes are is that 
kind of like giving yourself a stranger. Yeah, I just can't do it, man. I, I you know, I if you know what that is, Brian, you know. I know. I know. <laughs> There's two problems with this plan of me coming in April. First of all, the weather up here in April is dicey, so I'll have to get out of Chicago. Uh-huh. But once I'm out of Chicago and going south, it should be all right. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And I got to find something to ride. Or I can go my, I can probably go next door to my next-door neighbor who's got seven bikes in his garage and just steal one of those. Yes. <laughs> two of which I've sold him. So I guess I can just borrow one of those back. Yeah. This is legal documentation that is happening. Please understand you're now contractually obligated to be here. Okay. We look forward to your uh, answering the call. He's got a he's got a BMW that I can probably ride, so that'd be kind of good. I'll probably ride that. That sounds good. <laughs> Tell me more about Quadrant real quick, and we'll promo you out, and then that'll be our episode for this week. If you want something specific, what you want, we'll help you figure it out. If you are looking for something specific, we'll help you find it. If you have something that you're thinking about buying, call us first and we'll help you go to quadrantmotors.com or you can email me at eric at quadrantmotors.com. Eric Shropshire, you're one of my favorite people. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting me. Nice to meet you, Brian. Hey, nice to meet you, Eric. That's our episode for this round. Tune in next time for more discussion on all things specific to sport touring or universal or motorcycling as a whole. For Radio TRO, I'm Brian Ringer. And I'm Robin Dean. Safe travels, everyone. <laughs>